And we're back. Round two. Coming at you uh, live from the same exact place from last time. Absolutely. Now, this is posted a few days later, maybe a week later. Week? Two weeks? I don't know. Might stretch it out. Anyway, uh, we wanted to record a few because we have some uh, trips coming up. This is Boys Lunch, by the way, to uh, Catholic Teachers Talking About Life. We're back. We're back. Should I do the intro stuff again? Sure, why not? You can always contact us at boyslunch1 at gmail.com. You can also follow us on a probably non-existent Instagram at boyslunchpodcast. In case the intern is hard at work posting once every six months. We definitely appreciate some more emails, people. Absolutely. Great to hear from you. And just give us more content of things to talk about, please. (laughs) We always love hearing from people who are listening. By the way, that voice that you're hearing is Paul. And I'm Joey. (laughs) This is Boys Lunch. Anyway, we want to record at least two tonight because we have some trips coming up, don't we? Yes, we do. Where are you guys going? Uh, we are heading to uh, northern Wisconsin for a little fishing trip. Mary's got some cousins that own a uh, fishing lodge up there, and uh, it's been in their family for, gosh, I think 100 years. Are you serious? Yeah. And so wow. um, they've they've gone up for, I think, all of Mary's life. Um, and so it's nice to get our family involved in that now. Yeah, that's cool. And all cool. The, the grandkids. So it be a great time. Yeah, there's like a lot of you now too. That'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, we're like four or five cabins. So it's a lot. I think most of them are making the trip up. We're missing a couple of Mary's uh, brothers won't be there, but yeah. A good awesome. contention. That sounds like a like it is just like I mean, it is absolutely not much pressure, probably just kind of relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enjoying family. We'll go into one of the bigger towns, maybe once or twice, do some go to Walmart or something. <laughs> Stock up. Get some good food and stuff. And nice. um, they've got fish fries. I mean, it's like a classic. Ooh. It's Wisconsin's one of my favorite states. I mean, it's just good food, good drink, um, just a nice way of life that I can get behind. It's just, it is super relaxed. It sounds more restful than like driving to Florida or like right. Myrtle Beach or something. Yes. As far as, yeah, D- Disney or like some other resort towards this. It's like you're enjoying the outside. Right. Like in the same way that you would a beach, but it's like not as much. I don't know. Stress yeah. and pressure seems like. So we'll spend some time on a pontoon boat with like the kids oh, doing yeah. some fishing. Oh yeah. Probably do some early morning fishing with Dr. Squora. Have your girls fished before? I'm sure they. Yeah. Okay. And so Zaley really enjoys it. And Sienna, I think is still getting into it, but they've got like little fishing poles and uh, her That's brother, funny. Jeff set her, set them up real nice. Got some of those like zip code, like is that the toy uh, ones? Bass fishing, bass coach fishing Jeff? coach, Jeff Sequora. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Central Catholic That's bass fishing team. Out. Uh, they got more trophies than some of those other sports. That's all I'm saying. Um, Take that lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> Their first year, you're just gonna just gonna do lacrosse like I that. I did go to lacrosse game. It was the 20 minutes I watched was pretty fun. Yeah, I think did not know what was going on. I don't think the players did either, but it was fun. Yeah. Anyway, we do have a lacrosse team now. <laughs> Men's lacrosse, by the way. Uh, back lacrosse team. Yeah. How about you? You got, you got a trip? A uh, really short one. But this weekend, we're going to Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Yeah, that'd be fun. And that is in what state? Indiana. Indiana. I did uh, Google Indiana gas prices just to see if I should wait to cross the border. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just looking to get out of town. and Chicago's just too expensive. <laughs> so what we've wanted to go to Indianapolis. Uh, donations like- <laughs> to boys. <laughs> they like have some fun like kids things. And our kids are at an age where... Like the hotel itself is a vacation for them. Oh yeah. So like, I think you were saying that too. Like, there's a pool. I forget. Uh, yeah. Oh, St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis. Um, like their favorite part is just like hanging out in a hotel. 
like not like the pool is amazing but even just even like, the room kids, itself. like, like yeah, the, just like going in a room and like watching the tv there's a tv in our room so uh i feel bad like it's not like tricking them in a vacation but it kind of is because they have like a lot of cool playgrounds that we'll go to that are free <laughs> And like going to the hotel. You and got to take advantage of that. Well, you can though. Children's museum. You can't take your high school kid. Like, hey, we're going <laughs> no. to the Holiday Inn across town. <laughs> Thanks, mom. But I'm actually like really pumped. Like when I like go into a trip, I over research and over invest. So I have done that for our like two day trip. So you're gonna hit all the hot spots in Indy. Yeah, I'm really excited, and they're very easy to please. Like taking them to Target and having them pick out a toy is like the highlight of a month. So like. <laughs> we are we are set you got all your car stuff prepped we um mary does a great job of like getting like fun things for them to play with oh yeah and like slowly revealing them to yeah. them throughout the like so is better than that than i am i'm more of like i'm building the playlist how do you throw in this cassette but we got an eight hour trip ahead of us so yeah mary did a great job of getting some fun toys and when do you guys leave uh, we leave Saturday morning. Okay, so go get their house then. Jeez. <laughs> 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 Actually, I guess this is going to get recorded. This is going to be released afterwards. Yeah, that was like the one, one of my comments my dad made when you went on a, a trip to Italy. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, way to just tell everybody that Rob himself. Yeah. So from March 1st. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be gone for a solid two weeks. Mail stopped and nobody's coming to the house. I didn't think of that. So good. Today, uh, we went out back once we got home from the T-ball game. and just me and the boys, and Cisco actually left it. So I had the garage door open. He left the door to our house open mm-hmm. from the garage. And I came around, and like my first instinct is like, someone broke into our house or I'm in the backyard. <laughs> but, yeah. It was fine. I actually have not checked every closet yet to see if there's not true. like someone hiding in our room. So update on the next boys' lunch. Was See Joey murdered? Robbed murdered. <laughs> uh, grass watch, by the way, looking sharp. First thing he showed me when I walked up. Yeah, like I said, I need to cut it, but yeah, I was showing you because I I'm watering it because you need to water it. Yeah. The rest of my grass is kind of dead in some areas. They're not dead, but just like browning. Yeah, uh, but that that's a bright is, green, is green section. Yeah. <laughs> the neighbors just looking at it like what the? He's what just he watering the one section. <laughs> this guy's insane. Hey, I have a question for you. I'm ready. Are there any hobbies that you've gotten into in the last year or two that you're surprised by? Gosh. More than you never thought you would get into it. Should I let you think for a second? Yeah, sure. My first one I thought of was soccer. As I just like downloaded a free like trial of a random play thing called FUBU TV to be able to watch an England game today. Soccer, I think, is one that I never thought I'd get into that I'm like very invested in now. Is it Fubo or Fubu? Fubo. Okay, I say Fubu is a for old you club. for for us by us. Yes, uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> clothing brand. <laughs> well, it's probably not like, anymore. But go ahead. The other one is literature. Oh yeah, like I just never thought I was going to get into these books. You you were not a reader in high school, or college, or just like fiction. Fiction. Yeah. I, I yeah I should be more specific. I think like. Now, actually, this episode is going to be a little bit about this, so I'll get into it later. But like Harry Potter, like things like that, I read, but mm-hmm. I just like wasn't a big fiction reader. And even in college, I think I was very invested in theology, philosophy, history, but like the classics or like literature just did not interest me. So I think that's like a hobby that more recently, the past year, I've been like, wow, I can actually do this and mm-hmm. I enjoy it. 
Nice. Do you think of anything? Soccer and literature were mine. Okay. Um, and gardening, like what we talked yeah. about last episode, like that kind of stuff. I am. Um, Why? Well, admit it that I'm absolutely awful at maintenance. I'm just not a handy person. Um, I do enjoy it. Like there is maintenance, some, like ma- like the satisfaction with like, I've seen something around the house or putting something together. Right. I shared a story with you earlier about a hilarious um, faucet fix that I, I share that with you. I don't think so. <laughs> so I was watching a bunch of YouTube clips on changing a, fa- a leaky faucet. Oh, and um, it, the leak is within the, the housing of the faucet. So I don't have to take it off. It's just like, of course. need a couple of new O-rings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy's like, you don't even need to turn the water off. Okay, that was like he was very clearly like, don't even need to turn the water off. You just gotta take this part off, replace the O-rings, put it back on, you'll be fine. Okay? Oh jeez. Buy the O-rings, buy oh, everything. Jeez. I get this faucet. Of course, it's not the exact faucet the guy's using in there in the video, the YouTube video. It is like from a sitcom. Oh, like no. I get it, there's like a rumbling, and then all of a sudden it just shoots water like to the ceiling. Like parts are going everywhere, water is everywhere. So I like <laughs> I put my hands on top of like the shooting faucet. I'm trying to direct it down into oh the basin of the <laughs> kitchen and I'm screaming, Mary. She doesn't react right away. She thinks I'm yelling at the dog. I'm like, Mary. She comes downstairs. There's only a cold water shot off underneath. So I turn that off before she gets down there. And now my hand is just like on fire. Cause it's oh. just like hot water coming straight through. And so she grabs some towels. I run down to the basement. I shut off the hot water. It's oh. just like there was water. Hey, luckily everywhere. you know how to shut off the hot water. Right. Manly enough to know that, I guess. A guy came enough, over to like check out my sump pump <laughs> and he's like, Hey, you know, this is like uh do you know how to shut off your water in the house? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they showed me in the inspection, but I forgot. Yeah. Like easily right away. So <laughs> I know how to shut it off now. <laughs> no idea. But um, I mean, so much water that <laughs> Mary's like, she did a great job with me. Like it's like one of those moments, like super emasculating. <laughs> There's water everywhere. I thought I had it. It was going to be an easy fix. And she like looks outside. I was like, I know it's not funny, but kind of funny. There's water leaking through the window of the kitchen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much water everywhere. Fixed so... it. Fixed it, though, with the water off. Oh, rings. <laughs> yeah. Got it taken care of. Um, Jeez, my dad was nice enough to come over and like, because after that, I was like, I just need somebody here. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I thought he was going to have to do it all, but um, he was very nice to kind of walk me through and let me put that back together. We put it all back together. I had to take it wow. apart because I forgot a piece because it got blasted everywhere by the water. But anyway, I have enjoyed that. Wow. Like uh, staying in my deck, like learning oh, to do yeah. those types of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, like a lot of people, chess was something that I rediscovered. Yeah. Um, during uh, quarantine, you just had like a, a lot more time um, during the first kind of COVID. I feel years. like our students too during that. Yeah. When we came back, we're getting really into chess so That was too. nice. So I got, to, you know, I've been, I play some students. I've got some chess boards in my classroom and um but also like it's just kind of the type of person i am like if it's something i'm interested in i follow so it's like if you ask me to name like you know top 10 chess players in the world i could i could do i could do that i you know it's do you want me to edit this out <laughs> yeah no I, I no the people need I, to know i can edit this out <laughs> so like Jeez. um and it was like someone... what's that uh what's the young kid the young guy uh i actually watched some of these videos we can edit this part out, but what's that guy? Which one? You know the one I'm talking. He's like brilliant, the chess guy. Probably need Bobby to. Fischer. No. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what his name is though. I've watched some of his videos. Anyway, um, so fixing things like uh, what what do you call it? Projects. No, you called it something to begin with. What? 
Maintenance. Maintenance stuff. <laughs> Maintenance yeah. and chess. Maintenance and chess. Hobbies that like you yeah. become interested in that you yeah. didn't think you would. And also, yeah, nice. I've, I've started to read more fiction as well. Yeah. And appreciate that. So it took us a while. Yeah. I feel like you you did it more than I did. But yeah, I think college, I had to read a ton in college, but I yeah. was like, oh, I enjoy this. Yeah. Anyway, so my uh thought of what I want to talk about was books. <laughs> You know, we talked about an episode before, like, one of the ways, obviously, like, that we've said every episode to grow in your faith is, like, constant prayer and continuing Mm -hmm. your relationship with God, receiving the sacraments, having communion with other people, like, sharing your life, giving your life, all these different things. Mm -hmm. We talked about how growing in knowledge is, like, the key to growing as a human. Yeah. Because we, we cannot love things that we do not know. And so knowledge helps us to increase our love, to increase our unity with other people, and most importantly with God. In unity with the things in creation around us, all these different like original harmonies that we see within Adam and Eve before the fall. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is key to that. And you see the most successful people in life a lot of times is that it, educated people are able to make educated decisions. And knowledge is key to understanding humanity. And it's done in different ways. Like education doesn't just mean having degrees. Mm-hmm. Education means like processing and understanding truth and life and reality. Yeah. Right? Would you say that's true? Absolutely. Um, but something that I thought was kind of interesting to talk about was I think our grown love of books themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to a podcast recently that talked about like the, the a collection of, of starting your own library. And I think our listeners are in different stages of, of their lives. I think people we have we have people that are listening that have their own homes and stuff and things like that, and jobs and means to buy these things. Yeah. And people that are like starting their lives, like figuring out what it means to be a young adult. Mm-hmm. And um, just the encouragement of like owning books and having a library and what that can say about you and, and do for you. Mm-hmm. Does any of that make that? I don't know. Did I set that up? Okay. Yeah. No, I think you did a great job. I think um, the kind of um, maybe hypercritical viewpoint of like someone who has like a bookshelf in their home is just like, look, this guy's just trying to show off. Or if you're like, sometimes in my life, like my bookshelf is half books that I haven't read. I've just bought because they looked interesting, but I haven't had the time to read them yet. You know, actually, it's still part, partly my life. You know? <laughs> um, but I, I think there is some a lot that we can dive into here about what it means to like have a physical book, what the, what, what reading can do for someone. What a book represents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think uh, now it's very accessible to get books. Hmm. And what I was listening to was just kind of saying, like, if you look at, pictures of like a of a house or like a family from the 1900s like it took effort to actually get books in the early 1900s 1800s whatever and like what you bought actually meant something like you were trying to accumulate a library of something that meant something for you Mm -hmm. that you could pass on to generations after you your kids something that mattered and meant something to you that you could put in your house that you could look at that represented something bigger that could fill you with knowledge and that could be passed on to other people. Like there was something about building a library in that day and age. If you look at mid 1900s, even like in houses and stuff, like these libraries meant something. And I think even nowadays, like the, the little, the, the guy in his dorm that has his bookshelves or whatever, like even when you go in the dorm, you notice that bookshelf and it draws you to those books and yeah. you kind of go and you peek at them because it like gives you a glimpse of, that person who they are and what they're consuming. Yeah, absolutely. It may be what they're assessing, not everything they agree with, but it, it gives you a picture of who they are and what they're looking at and what they're thinking through. 
Yeah, but I think it, it also just represents something bigger. Yeah. Yeah, it's more than just an aesthetic. It's, I mean, yeah, it says something about a person to look through their books and, and to see what, what it is that they deemed important to own. Though there are some books in my collection that were definitely gifted to me. It's, you know, it's still like they're there. Uh, and, and, and they talked about that. It, it even like gets you to assess what am I putting out there on display for yeah. myself and for people to see? Yeah. And I think there's something that people can do to try to make themselves look cooler than they are. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something like an honest assessment of like, what do I want to put, like even just the art that you put in your home and like how you yeah. decorate your house and saying something about you and what you find appealing and beautiful and inspiring. And also like what you want to show to yourself, your kids and the people that are in your life. Yeah. So maybe some of those books that you have that you've never touched that you will never touch or some things that maybe aren't who you really are. Maybe get them out of this. <laughs> yeah. But there was a quote I heard that this library or this the shelf of books is like a collective wisdom of humanity. Why do we like books so much? It's because we see the work that people have done before us and that are continuing to do that is representing the collective wisdom of the human experience. Like we learn most importantly through the one who created us and who gave us being, but that person, that being also inspired other people to inspire us. Yeah. And I think we understand humanity through looking at the examples in our life. And we learn what to do and what not to do and what to appreciate, and what not to appreciate through what we um, receive through these books, through yeah. this wisdom that's passed on. And I think the way you started this idea that we need to have knowledge of something to love like, yeah, I think there's things that be, can be known through a quick Google search or Wikipedia or whatever. But I think what's so beautiful about literature, fiction, as well as, you know, I don't know, the best written historical novel is like this deeper understanding and commentary on this moment in time or humanity in general. Like there's just a more substantive view of whatever the topic might be in a book right Mm -hmm. versus like yeah sure i can look at um french revolution right and do a wikipedia search and see who the major players were and the divides and get maybe a certain viewpoint on it but some of the most you know beautiful even fiction novels that that take place within there can kind of like i don't know do a better job of like what is what was it like to live at this time to have kind of sometimes romanticized but at the same time like just uh I don't know, a greater understanding of what it, to smell, breathe, interact. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah, like yeah. It, it paints that picture for you. Mm-hmm. But even like, I would say a, a nonfiction book about the French Revolution would do more for you than just Wikipedia. For because sure. there's more of an experience of you diving in and working through something. I think, dude, I go on Wikipedia dives all the time. Like, I think it's it satisfies this, this curiosity that I have. But there's a different curiosity that's satisfied through a book. Mm-hmm. It can be through just clicking, constantly clicking links through like Wikipedia pages or something. Right. It can give you that information. It doesn't do the greatest job of giving you the experience, which I think even a good like historical book gives you the experience. Right. Because or like late Miz or something. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Because like, Wikipedia is like, it's meant to get you the base information as quickly as possible. But like every book is written for a reason. There's a story being told, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, right? A historian chooses to write a book because there's something that they feel needs to be told mm-hmm. about the specific moment that maybe hasn't been told in a way that they want to. The so narratives. It's, so it's good to consider like 
why is this being written? When was it written? At what mm -hmm. period was it written? Why, you know, to have a better understanding of the book itself, but also like, yeah, just to appreciate like what is each author is like writing a book is not easy mm -hmm. for many people. It's killed many people. <laughs> I mean, just like the what goes into it. So like to consider why it's being written and what the story is trying to be told, mm -hmm. even if it is, yeah, historical text or a nonfiction text, like something's trying to be conveyed. Yeah. And I think why we have gotten into books, I, I, I feel like for me, it was maybe around when I was 17, 18. Mm -hmm. Like, I think when I first finally got into it, because I realized that it could expand my mind in a way and challenge me and like excite me and, and fulfill some kind of intellectual desire I had, but also that like spiritual and emotional desire I had. Mm -hmm. I think that was the first time. Um, but like expanding your mind, like we were drowning in so much information in the 21st century with all these Wikipedia pages that like books, I feel like help expand your mind in a different way. Um, you're able to consume it, I think in a healthier way. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't know. It forces you to engage it in a way that you're processing it as you go. You're reflecting on yourself and the characters within it. How am I relating to them? They're processing this in this way. Am I, you know, I think of, um, I've brought the book itself, right? Um, when Ooh. I first got into it, this is the first book that made me like really appreciate literature. And it was right at the end of college with Danny Hayjack when we went to Europe. I brought this with me just to something to do. And it's uh, The Catcher in the Rye, which is like a classic novel uh, by J.D. Salinger. But like, I don't know, like the characters and kind of this commentary on humanity and just like the depths that I was able to, and just like these fictional characters that I was able to like, I don't know, at first made me realize like how little I knew mm -hmm. and like how limited my understanding of things was. I was like, that's why I began reading as I was like, I don't know, I had an awareness like, yeah, sure, I had a college degree, but like, I just knew so little and people have experienced and lived lives that I'll never live. And like, there's just so much knowledge to be gained by diving into these, these people's stories and the, and their, the, the poetry or the art that exists within expressing themselves through this, this medium that I was just like, I want more. Like I want to, yeah. I want to live these lives. I want to, I want to hear these stories. Yeah. I think Catcher in the Rye in 1984, were like the first books I actually read in high school. <laughs> they were like yeah. my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But I think that's many people's experiences. Like maybe there's one or two books that they actually read yeah. as they go through high school all the way through and not just like kind of copy someone's notes. Um, but yeah, I think just the amount of information can be paralyzing. And I think just taking one thing at a time with some of these books, or like seeing it topically, like a, a tip I heard once about like building your library is like, what are some topics you're interested in and like mm -hmm. investing in that and getting a few books about that and like, I've, I've gotten to a place where a lot of my shelves are lined up just topically of just things that I'm interested mm -hmm. in. There's different books and authors and, and styles of things you can read. But um, I think it's about, yeah, expanding your mind, keeping your curiosity open, not just this Wikipedia curiosity, but like a legitimate curiosity. Yeah. Struggling a little bit with stuff. And that's yeah. good. Like learning how to struggle through things. But I wanted to talk about like a physical book. It, you I, you didn't see it when you came in, but actually I brought the, the stack down. Like in my reading spot, I have four or five books that are just sitting there mm. because there's something about it physically being there that like calls me to actually try to read it. Yeah, I think the things in life that we commit to, if we see them, it's easier for us to do them. And that's why um, I think you have some eBooks and stuff. You might have a Kindle or something, right? Yeah. I'm generally against that or audiobooks. I think they're okay. And I think they can do a job, but like, 
they've actually done studies that like we don't retain the information as well. It does not commit to memory if we read through these ebooks. There's something about it, and they they've likened it, uh, likened it basically almost to the pictures that we have on our phone. Like if we don't see it, it's kind of forgettable. It's just kind of there and it's stored away. Mm. But the experience of that physical book, that like spatial relationship in your life is important. Yeah, and I think there's something to that. Yeah, I think you can still get the content through some of these e-readers and stuff like that. But there's something about owning it touching it like that sacramental thing we talked about last episode and like working through it and like your mind is actually having to piece together Mm -hmm. things i don't know in a different way yeah yeah i i I would agree i i e-reader you're an e-reader i do have an e-reader and i and i know a lot of people have them and they yeah i I don't hate those people it's good um but for me it, it was like the annotating like i love writing in the margins and underlining even in fiction stuff like if there's something that hits me like you know, we've got those blank pages on the front or the back side, especially that I'll just like make notes in and be like, you know, this, you know, page two, whatever, and this made me think of this. And then I can come back to it. Or if I'm like yeah. giving it to someone, like here's some things that I thought were pretty good that maybe you'd want to want to take a look at that. Yeah. I think post-college I bought, or no, I didn't buy one. I think I got handed down from my mom and it was like, yeah, it was good. I like it. I was able to access these things, but I just not being able to write notes. Was what it is really in source, but that's like, I've tried to read the brother's, Karamazov like seven times mm-hmm. and I finally just started last week again and I've been annotating and it's been so much better mm-hmm. I've been like actually like invested more in like working on it well that's one that I had on the e-reader and just never finished but I bought the physical book and again it like seeing it sit there mm-hmm. and just staring at me yeah like it was it was calling me and it was coming back to it and there were points that I struggled through but like yeah ultimately like it's a book I'll never forget mm-hmm um, another thing about like the physically seeing it, like what you're seeing is really like, especially the collection of books you have, if you have a good collection and it represents something that is good and, and wholesome and virtuous and is calling you to something more, it's, it's this physical representation of a tradition that you're inheriting mm-hmm. this, we become these protectors of knowledge and wisdom, almost like, obviously we're not the ones that, that have discovered this, like it's being shown to us and we are treasuring it and, and keeping it and then passing it on um being these i don't know I, does that make sense at all i don't yeah. know if i uh, you're you're uniting yourself to this bigger tradition to the church um yeah i think when i when i look at my bookshelves it does call me back to um something outside of myself where it's like this is this is wisdom that i've gathered that i feel tethered to that i i hold them there because i want to be able to give them away or i want to be able to pass them on and mm-hmm. this is knowledge that like yeah like i've that is important that is has been good for me and i, and I desire to share like there is yeah there's something that you're tethered to in these books that all right i think we've hit most of our points i just wanted to ask you i think it'd be interesting to kind of hear um just like the classics you know the classic if you could only keep like five books or something mm-hmm. on your bookshelf that wasn't the bible that yeah. kind of represented or like something that you would go to and like find some inspiration from. Yeah. It could be authors. It could be books. What do you, when I just, for people that are like looking to get into this, um, I've just done stuff like just Googled like classic novels. Cause I think that's what I was like when I, after I read the catcher in the Ryan, I was like, Oh, this is a, this is a chosen book for a lot, for a lot of reasons. You know, um, I started kind of going through and that's, you know, brothers Karamazov and those types of things, those books. So, um, 
that's one way to do it. It's like, yeah, I think these classics are classics for a reason, mm-hmm. right? They've spoken to multiple generations for a reason. So yeah. give, give those a try. Um, I'll say, uh, I know I mentioned the diary of a country priest was one that, um, that I really enjoyed over the last couple of years, but is that like a recent one you've enjoyed or like one that you would keep on? Your that's a recent shelf? one I've enjoyed and I would consider it for the what are like, what's another like book or two that you've read the past two years that you're like, wow, this has been something that's really interested me. But Joey, I just, I'm a real nerd. So uh, a lot of Von Balthasar um, yeah. that I've really enjoyed over the last couple of years. Um, Hans Urs von Balthasar, a Swedish theologian that I've really enjoyed. Um, Lord of the Rings. But I think what I've really enjoyed is a lot of the American authors of the 20th century. I think the United States, America's just got like a rich tradition of um, writers that I don't think I appreciated. Are you talking like Hemingway or are you talking like I'm, like religious, like Catholic No, I'm writers. talking just like fiction authors. Okay. Um, Kurt Vonnegut and... Um, Dan Brown. <laughs> J.D. Salinger, of course. <laughs> um, really? So you've gotten into like more... Yeah, and then um, some 20th century like American, American writers. Nice, right. that's cool. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, you know, you could count um, our our girl, uh, the only Flannery, name, Flannery O'Connor. Thank you. And in that case, you could talk about a bunch of different authors. But the ones that I really enjoyed, uh, Confederacy of Dunces. This is John Kennedy Toole. Have you ever heard of that? No. Um, there's also there's a theme. Kurt Vonnegut as well. Slaughterhouse Five. A lot of these are. <laughs> Canticle for Leibowitz. Okay. Um, these are kind of like... Um, I've heard these titles. These are... I'm not very familiar it's with It's very them. heavy and That's like, like what you've been reading the past few years? No, these are just books that, like, that I, you would, would, want I would to keep, keep around. Oh, okay. um, they are just... There's... <laughs> a Canticle for Leibowitz is like a post-apocalyptic commentary. Um, it's about a Catholic... An order of Catholic monks that like... It's after the nuclear fallout and they've got like, they're holding on to these like scientific artifacts and they're waiting for um, civilization to come about so they can like give back these. Mm. I mean, it's like, and then it ultimately nuclear warfare comes back Uh towards the end. And it's just like, we've done it like this kind of this awakening of like science isn't the answer again, kind of this beautiful um, kind of satire. Sounds like a lot of work to get through. (laughs) But like Kurt Vonnegut is an author that I really enjoy. And again, he's just big on kind of um, satire. Slaughterhouse Five is a famous one where he lived through the bombing of Dresden as a as a World War Two oh, prisoner. Wow. Um, and so there's a, a lot that he does with that. Hey, Dresden did not go well. If you don't. <laughs> yeah, look it up. Uh, Wikipedia. Um, and so I would say, yeah, those are some of the ones that I would keep around um brothers karamazov is another one that's like a that's a classic that is just like yes it's it's a ton of pages i'm only 47 pages in right now keep, for my seventh time keep pushing keep but pushing. like the characters have meant so much more to me now than they ever have and like don't be afraid of like on those big epics to like go to a character list mm-hmm. you know same thing i find myself with the lord of the rings series like they mention this person again it's like okay i want to know who they are so yeah. i'll like I'll like Google's like try not to read their story, but it's mm-hmm. like, who is this again? Yes. Okay. Perfect. You know, that type yeah. of thing. How about for you? Yeah. I, I feel like you went with some, uh, real winners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sound as cool as you. I was thinking more of like, if I had to keep a few books on that, were going to help, like help my, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Help me dive into it and like enjoy it get something from it, be renewed by it. Mm-hmm. There's like been some books in my life that have been like that. Um, 
recently, obviously, I think Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. like for a fiction book that I could go back on and still get things out of, mm-hmm. there's just so much there that I feel like I can mine that for a while. Yeah. And like something that I think I want my kids to have. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I would want it there. Number two, I know it sounds like really stupid and childish, but like Harry Potter was like a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. And like having that series, I could still revisit that in my thirties and like find something out of it. Because that was like the only book I feel like that I ever got into when I was growing up, like mm-hmm. besides theology, history, and philosophy. Yeah. That like, I don't know, captivated my imagination and got me excited. And I feel like I can still see it as like an adult. And like, again, for my kids. So Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Okay. Well, I'm going to stop you there because you said five books and now we're up to 10. Okay. Well, <laughs> go ahead. I'm going more of like, oh, sets are oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. I don't want all of J.K. Rowling stuff. Yeah. But like, but like classics that I would go back on, Confessions, yeah, um, has always been something important to me. I think my senior year of high school, Confessions and Story of a Soul. I think both of those okay. I've include include like two things that actually like that's Augustine and Teresa Lucia, yeah, respectively. Just wowed me and like inspired me, and I I think are interesting from a historical perspective, a biography perspective, but in a spiritual, like emotional, like human perspective. Mm-hmm. Service soul and confessions are things that I can go back to so many times and read. Yeah. Um, and then recently, I think uh, Jusani, I think just the oh, way he yeah. writes, like just him as an author, if I could take his collection, I think it would stimulate me intellectually. Oh, for sure. So having like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter is kind of that fun fiction type of world, having Augustine Therese as some of that spiritual. And then having Jasani as some of that kind of like intellectual inspiration, I think that's where I'm kind of at right now. I'm not gonna lie, I'd trade my list for yours right now. That's you went with stuff. some like you went some like cool like literature things. Yeah, I went with more just like these are some fiction books that I could reread over and over again. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, I'm. Really you sounded cool. a lot cooler. Than me. I was like, uh, Chamber of Secrets would be sweet <laughs> to read over and over again. But those are like things that I think are very relatable to like a lot of millennials. Um. Yeah. that are like accessible yeah uh lord of the rings <laughs> harry potter yeah. like augustine therese are like so popular because mm-hmm. they're so perennial yeah um yeah I'm, I'm excited to get into narnia with my girls that's another one that yeah. i think that i've just did not i've never read, read that kid. <laughs> but like yeah i don't know it's whimsical it's fiction but it's also like inspiring and virtuous and yeah. What are you Is this where we sing the reading rainbow? Or are we going to get sued? Salve, <laughs> All right. Cool. Shout outs? I don't know. I'm fresh out of them. That's true, I guess. Shout out to uh, people that are listening during the summer. Appreciate that. Yeah. Please stick, share with some people. Stick with us. Keep passing the podcast. Uh, shout out to all the authors out there, the young, inspiring writers. Yeah. Don't be afraid to go to the library. It's free. Yeah, seriously, we went to a normal library today. It was outstanding. I love going to the library with my girls. Okay, man. For the kingdom. For the kingdom.